Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us, and welcome back. It's a beautiful 4th of July week, nice and sunny here in Minnesota. I hope it's sunny wherever you are. A few weeks back, we started the conversation of the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling, and the topic came up. It'd be fun to do a tag team version of that, and that's what we're talking about today. Tag team wrestling has always been entertaining and added a little extra excitement to a match. It's also an art form. Some could argue a lost art form, but some teams did it very well. Some never seemed to find the chemistry. Who did it best? Well, Mount Rushmore has four spots available, and we want to know who's on your Mount Rushmore of tag team wrestling. My name is Jumpin' Jay. This is 80s Wrestling, the podcast. As always, I sit across from my tag team partner, Tommy Hot Tag Fierro. Good morning, Tommy. How are you doing, brother? Good morning. I love I love the uh, nickname today, Hot Tag Fierro. And let me tell you something. I always give you the hot tag, brother, because you are, without question, the best tag team partner a guy can have. And uh, that's why next week, Jumpin' Jay will uh, be on vacation, and I do not take a substitute tag team partner. So there will be no... Uh, 80s Wrestling the Podcast next week. Jump and Jay and his family is going on vacation. And see, it's like I can't substitute. Like sometimes, you know, you go to a house show and it's supposed to be the Bolsheviks the in the main event against the Killer Bees and Boris Zukov, uh, Boris Zukov can show up and they sub him with Ron Bath. See, I'm not going to do that with you, Jump and Jay, because there's only one Jump and Jay, there's only one Tommy Fierro, and there's only one 80s Wrestling the Podcast. And today we are talking tag team wrestling. Who will make the Mount Rushmore of Tag Team Wrestling. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. 516-595-8295. Once again, that's 516-595-8295. Now, before we begin, because I know the Wrestling Collector Slam line is lighting up, you got me some heat this morning, Jumpin' Day, because I posted the graphic for today's episode on my personal Facebook page, and right away, Alpha Jr. chimed in and saying, where's the Wallace Samoan? This list sucks. So you, know, you, know, you got me some big heat. I said, listen, man, I didn't make the graphic. Listen to the show. So you're going to get some big heat next time you're up here for 80s Wrestling Con next year. I'm going to let him know that you personally made that Mount Rushmore graphic without the Wild Samoans on it. But obviously they definitely need to be in consideration, one of the greatest tag teams ever. And I'm interested and excited to hear what everyone has to say. So I think we should get the ball rolling, Jumping Jack. Well, let me, let me put an asterisk next to the graphic because the graphic is never my pick for anything. It's just four four teams that are arguably belong on there i would say in my personal list the wild samoans may be on my mount rushmore of take teams because listen you talk about the popularity of the bloodline today well it all started with the wild samoans back in the 70s and the 80s and if you count all the territories i think they've won over Wow, like 20-something championships, the Wild Samoans, from the NWA territories, the WWF, and everywhere in between. And so don't think the graphic is the, uh, the 100% do-or-die Jays pick. I just happened to, to throw the graphics together, and uh, the Wild Samoans, man, you could, you could, I promise you someone's going to include them on the Mount Rushmore because they are so deserving. And they might be one of those teams that, honestly, sometimes we talk about overrated, underrated. I don't think they get the credit they deserve for what they did back then. And look at the, they paved the way for just the Samoan dynasty that is still ruling professional wrestling today. So 
Yeah, that's that's why yeah, asterisk next very, to the graphic. Very well said, and and yeah, man, and I tell you what, if you were to do twenty years from now the Mount Rushmore of tag teams of all time, man, it's it's hard to say the Usos might not make that list after the run that they've had and continue to have. They just main event at WrestleMania this year, and they're they're right in the top storyline, and and there hasn't been a tag team getting this much attention and popularity. Uh, since the days of, you know, the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys. And it, it, they're they're really, really, really lighting a fire that's going to burn for long after we're gone, Jay. So I think that they have really, really strong consideration to be on the all-time Mount Rushmore list uh, if we ever do that episode in the future. Listen, man, my wife does not watch professional wrestling. And she asked me today, what's your show topic? I said, the Mount Rushmore of Take Team Wrestling. And she said, oh, the Usos. And so even, even a non-wrestling fan like my wife knows who the Usos is. And so whenever a non-wrestling watcher knows a wrestling and can, and can come off the top of their head with it, you know they're doing something right, and they've broken through to that mainstream uh, type thing. So apparently the Usos, according to my wife, have broken through to mainstream and belong uh, on uh, the Mount Rushmore of Wrestling. I don't know if she'll call in and say right. it, but uh, that's her pick. But the slam line is back, my man. What I, I hope she calls in too. That would, that would be an unforgettable I, I call. She calls I promise in because you that. I want to I ask your wife if you did all your morning chores this morning because I know that you get a lot of chores you got to do before you can play wrestling uh, podcaster for an hour on Thursdays. That's right, man. The honey to do list has got to be a honey to done list before I can log on and talk wrestling with my friends. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll start the conversation uh, with our very first caller. Longtime friend of the show, a guy who definitely knows his things, and I'm interested to see his take on the Mount Rushmore. Four spots for four iconic tag teams. We're going all the way out to early morning, Chico, California, to talk to babyface Brian. Brian, good morning, sir. Welcome to the tag team conversation. Good morning, Jumpin' Jay. Good morning, Hot Tag Tommy. Uh, you guys are definitely on uh, my Rushmore of uh, podcasts. You're right at the top of podcast tag teams. So oh, thank you both you, for uh, you, uh, uh, definitely. Hey, and I got to uh, I got to plug something super fast, which is uh, one. I got married yesterday out of the blue. We've been together 27 what? years on the uh, on the Fourth of July, and we decided. Man. Hey, thanks. Yeah, it's. Uh, 27 years bastard? on the 4th of July, and yeah, what's that? I said, you dumb bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm we've been together 27 years, so we uh, we we just decided to get up and do it, so it's kind of cool. But uh, uh, I also wanted to say, if you're not listening to this show next week, um, I've got, I started up a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I'm having a blast. And the first guest I had on, I had uh, – Jumping Jay, and I couldn't be a better storyteller. So if you're just looking for something to listen to in the next couple of weeks, um, episodes 14 and 15 of Legendary Wrestling Figures, which is spelled kind of funny. It's got L-J-N in the title. Jumping Jay is just the best storyteller ever. And I've got two episodes just under a half hour each where you can listen to Jumping Jay. And it's just, it's a great time. So I just encourage you to check it out. So uh, having said that, um, I've got a subjective and an objective list, and I'll make a book pretty quick. But the teams I got to watch, my four that I, I loved watching most, were probably the British Bulldogs, the Hart Foundation, Demolition, and I'll go with Tully and Arn, the Brain Busters. And then if I step back and, and don't put my own 
what I watched into it and look at longevity in terms of just wrestling history, then I got to go with the uh, the Road Warriors. I'll throw the Rock and Roll Express in there. I don't think there's any tag team that's been together longer. Um, I'll throw in the Dudley Boys. You know, Hardy Boys getting an honorable mention. And then I'll throw the Usos in there. So as far as like an objective generational list of tag teams that that made their mark over the course of history over a lot of years, I'll say Road Warriors, Rock and Roll Express, Dudley Boys, and the Usos. So I thank you guys so much for doing this every week. I love talking to you guys. Hey, man, quick question for you. Growing up, I want to know, I, I know you said the Mount Rushmore, but what was your Mount, your personal Mount Rushmore of tag teams as a, as a, as a kid growing up? Like who was your four go-to teams? It might not necessarily even be, you know, on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, like Jay, the Bolsheviks are definitely his, Mount Rush, his personal <laughs> Mount Rushmore. So what, what, no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm kidding. I'm, 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 I'm the kid. I'm being serious. But, like, what was your four favorite, as, just, like, as a fan watching them? That, so that subjective list, that, uh, the Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation, those are uh, top two for me. And then uh, I, I really liked uh, Tully and Arn when they came to the WWF. And, and so the Brain Busters were – uh, a lot of fun, um, and then you know, there's there's all these teams like the Killer Bees and and uh, you know the Rockers that were so talented. But um, Demolition's got to be in there too. So like I say, for my own personal, what I watched and what I enjoyed most, I'll say the Bulldogs, the Heart Foundation, Demolition, and the Brain Busters. So uh, again, fun topic, and it's it feels like it changes every week too. Like the, you know, I when I asked when I talked to you guys about it before, I had Bress in there, and then when I got to thinking about it a little bit more and, and just terms of all time and and constant partners, I got to throw the uh, Rock and Roll Express above the uh, Midnight Expresses because it's the same two guys for the most part. So, Well, listen, man, we appreciate your take as always. We always enjoy listening to it. And once again, man, congratulations on the wedding. And, Absolutely. Uh, you guys have a great weekend out there in California, brother. You too. Have a great rest of the show. Great uh, couple weeks and uh, nice nickname with Hot Tag Tommy. I mean, uh, I was going to think, I was trying to think of one before the show started, and I was just thinking, uh, no sleep, Tommy, uh, hardest working man in the business, Tommy. <laughs> it's just, you know, n- n- never never rest, Tommy. So, you know, but Hot Tag Tommy's perfect. Thank so. you, brother. <laughs> Thank you All so right. much, you guys, man. Definitely. All right, take Brad. care. Thank you so much. So that Babyface Brian joined the tag team over the July 4th week. That's fantastic, man. Absolutely, man. Congratulations. Now, that's, that, that's right. the hot tag. Yeah, marriage, the, the ultimate hot tag, right? Having the partner that always has your back. I'm, I'm happy for him. Congratulations goes out to Babyface Brian and, and, and Mrs. Babyface. All right, Tommy, the slam line is absolutely packed for this uh, conversation on the Mount Rushmore of tag teams. And up next, special caller, a new number to the 80s Wrestling the Podcast slam line. And I believe it is a very special caller because every once in a while we get to talk to somebody who actually has stepped between the ropes, somebody who has made a living being a professional wrestler. And when you're talking about professional wrestling, sometimes you got to go straight to the source. So I believe joining us for the very first time, on the slam line is American professional wrestler. Uh, this guy, 13-year-long feud with Jimmy Superfly Snooker, known for his time in extreme championship wrestling. He's done it all, wrestled some of the greatest of all time. Please welcome to 80s Wrestling, the podcast, the Metal Maniac, 
Good morning, sir. Welcome That's to the show. Right. Thank it's you the for joining man. us. Am I am I am I on the line with Tommy Fierro and uh, that goofball sitting next to you? Because I want to know up, something. Man, you? You're talking about you're talking about you're talking about the the you know the Mount Rushmore. You guys are thinking small. The reason why you don't have enough room for the Samoans because you're not thinking about Mount Everest. Wow. Now, if you think about Mount Everest, and then if you think about Mount Mauna Kea in Hawaii, which is actually twice as tall as Mount Everest, if you measure from the bottom of the ocean all the way to the top of the mountain, across the Taipei, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Singapore, New Zealand, Australia, and the Philippines with Cowboy Carson and a box of tissue. Now, listen up, chubby dummies. You know that the wild Samoans have got to be on top of that thing. Because if you really remember, Peter Maivio, he really was a, a sweet guy and loved by all. But when Alpha and Sika got in the ring, the tone in Madison Square Garden was really a deep undertone. And I remember going to... In Madison Square Garden when I was a kid in the 70s being taken by my next door neighbor who was a wrestling fan and he loved superstar Billy Graham but when the Samoans would come out it would it would have this feel like something was going to happen and the viciousness yes they moved they could do this and that and the other thing and all the wrestling but when they really just broke out with their viciousness they would have to be really seriously at the top of Mount Everest. And then we'll put Tommy and I call him Tommy T because, you know, I know him since he's 15 years old and I'm the one guy that took him to the bar and, you know, with the boys and got drunk and had a good time dropping off with his mom. Hey, Jeff, so I was 14. Hey, Jeff, he was 14. He was the number one the promoter in the country. Oh, brother, I can't even get a word in my own show. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, Metal Man, listen, can you tell can you tell everyone the story? Now, Metal Maniac, for those that don't know, uh, he, he, he's originally from Hawaii. He was in New Jersey for many, many years. When I was younger, I got to give him his props. So uh, Jeff, Jeff is one of the guys that took me under his wing when I was very young, 16 years old. And Jimmy Superfly Snuka actually lived with the Metal Maniac. So... Jeff took a liking to me, so I was always around him, so I was always around Jimmy, and Jimmy really, really took a liking to me. Jimmy came to my birthday party. Jimmy came to my graduation party. Jimmy came to my house with Jeff here to watch WrestleMania 10 with LT and Sam Van Bigelow. When I was a kid watching WrestleMania and we were at WrestleMania 7, and you were to tell me three years later, Jimmy Smith would be sitting in my living room watching WrestleMania 10 with me, I never would have believe that in a million years it's all because of Jeff so I want to give him his credit and his flowers for being one of the guys that first believed in me as I was a kid and Jeff if you want to tell a real quick funny story I know it's I think that I would have seen stories like this the metal maniac actually snuck me in a bar when I was 16 years old and I wound up doing karaoke with the Iron Sheik Wendy Richter and Jimmy Snooker so if you want to tell that story I'd love that Wait, wait. See, Tommy's got these. Tommy has been around, so he's got two stories actually mixed together into one, which is I can tell both like that. 
But this is what really happened. When I first met Tommy, he was running this show. And I didn't realize he was 15 years old, and I was talking to him on the phone. And then the next thing you know, I'm, I'm booked at his show, and he's got the number one convention, and he's 15 years old, and his parents are standing with him. But he was so, he was so ready together. And so we were talking on the phone after that that uh, that night, and the next thing you know, uh, he, he, he was at Bob Mitchell's house, and it was a birthday party for him. So I said to Jimmy, I said, listen, they got a pool. They got, it's a quiet, a quiet neighborhood. Nobody knows you'll be there. We'll sneak you in the house, and, 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 you know, and we'll hang out at the pool. There's a barbecue. It'll be nice. Well, when I see Tommy in person again, back then there were Rolodexes, which were just cards on a reel. He had phone numbers of Elizabeth Taylor, George Pappard. I mean, he had Kojak. He had everybody's name. I don't know how he got him, who he got him from, but he actually had contacts in the entertainment industry, and it really blew me away. So, I, you know, he's doing shows more often, and because I'm bringing Jimmy around, and it was really great to have him around because he was a – he, he was a positive for us because, you know, what I don't know about the 80s, but in the 90s, when we were with him, he, you know, he, he would nurture, if he saw things, he would nurture and try to pass the torch and say, look, keep going, keep doing, do this, do that. So one day, we, there's a show, and it's not too far from Tommy's home. And after, we go into this place called Pub 46. And the Iron Sheik, myself, Tommy, and Jimmy. So Jimmy walks in the front door, and he's got a tank top, and all the bouncers are eyeballing Jimmy. And then I put Sheiky Baby in front of Tommy, and then I'm pulling up. And at that time, I was reasonably big. I was on the gas. And I came back from Hawaii tanned and pumped, and I came through, and I was had Tommy in between me and Sheik, and they didn't even prove Tommy. <laughs> so we're there. Tommy's never had Zambuca. Tommy's never had any of this, you know, these, these shots and beers and all this stuff. And at one point, he's 16 years old. We got him. And I, I got him leaned against the wall, and he was just a big smile on his face. He's looking. He can't believe. And he's just sitting there, and Shiki Baby's doing his autograph session. And just uh, $5 for picture. And uh, I'd make donation to a medical charity. And, uh, I, I mean, Tommy was in the thick of it. And it was so funny. And then the, the, what was the other one you were talking about, Tommy? You, 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 you put it in. You said, what was the other one you wanted me to talk about? What was that yeah, other one? Listen, I'll tell a real funny story real quick, and then we got to jump off. And, but, Jeff, we're definitely going to get you back on. One quick story. So after my graduation party, we all go to the Meadowlands Fair. Now, the Meadowlands Fair is all rides and games and food and stuff like that, and Jimmy comes too. So there's a big puddle. There's a big puddle at the fair, and, and, and so everyone's walking around the puddle, and Jimmy takes his flip-flops off and walks through the puddle. So we're all looking at him like, Jimmy, what are you doing? And he looks at, he looks at Jeff, and he goes, ah, taking a little swim, brah. Taking a little swim, <laughs> and then and then I remember there was there was farm animals, 
and we're all walking, and, and, and Jimmy stops and stares at this cow. We're just trying to go, and Jimmy's standing there, and so Venom Maniac goes back over. He goes, brother, what are you doing? He goes, that cow. That cow's amazing, brah. So, but I, I know it's a funny story, but it was just being, but being 18 years old and being at the Meadowlands Fair with Jimmy Superbice Nuka, who everyone knew, everyone knew. This is 1995, so he's still red hot. And I got these awesome opportunities because of the Metal Maniac here. So I just wanted to uh, thank you and uh, help, help well, me. Oh, uh, my goodness. My goodness. I, I saw this. I have heard about calling in, but I figured I, I don't want to ruin the show. But really, it was a lot of fun to come on. And honest to goodness, Tommy, could you have picked a worse partner to be with? And if you need a tag partner, you can always call me, but it'll become the, the Tommy T Metal Maniac and that other Jabroni show. And then you actually draw some numbers. So listen, guys, I love you. I'm in Hawaii right now. I'm going to try to get up there sometime for the end of the year to see family and friends. And Tommy Fierro will know, and I'll come back on the show. We'll make a big stink, and we'll put everybody over except for who is this guy you're working with? I don't even know his name. I'm looking at the whole thing. Jumping Jay, man. I'm looking at the Jumping Jay. Listen, Jay, you got to stop jumping and sit down and make sure your name is on the thing so we know that you're there too. Because I would have mentioned your name from the beginning. You got to think big, think big. Mount Everest, Mount Everest, Mauna Kea, the biggest. The biggest of all, and you're sitting with Tommy, he will vault you into success. And this is the Metal Maniac, the greatest ever, coming to you live from the pinnacle professional wrestling right here on these Jaboni shows and the Hawaiian Islands. So, aloha. Get some rest, brother. Get some rest. Dude. Love you, brother. Take care, man. Listen, he after he said aloha, he hit the he hit the hang up switch fast, man. But holy cow, what mic skills for the metal maniac, dude. That was entertaining as I'll get out and I had to shut my microphone off because I was laughing so hard at his stories about a young Tommy Fierro sneaking in uh to a pub there. <laughs> so I had to mute my microphone so I could laugh and just enjoy the story. But man, I'm sure what a, what a great I'm call. I'm sure everyone else at home and I'm sure everyone else at home enjoyed the story as well. Listen, I love it when uh, when guys like that who have been in the business and have those kind of mic skills, they come on hot. Like he didn't take any time to warm up, man. You clicked the answer button and he was he was good from the from the start. And I absolutely love that. That is so entertaining, and that that's what professional wrestling is, man. He has entertained through a phone call, which is just it's super enjoyable to me. Can I, can I ask? Can I say one more thing before you go, before you go to the next color? Absolutely. You know my favorite part of that whole set. You, you know what my favorite part of that whole segment was? In the What's beginning, that? when you <laughs> you called him in a – no, Kojak was very funny, and I texted my friend about it while uh, he said that. But uh, the, the, my, the funniest part of that whole conversation was the beginning where you're on Wikipedia, and you go, he's an American wrestler. American professional okay, wrestler. He's a fucking British wrestler. Listen, I, listen, he's an American man. wrestler. Yes, listen, that's all doing your due diligence and Googling somebody so you can give him a proper introduction. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I'm glad awesome, you got it. Let's, kick let's out jump of back it. into the calls. Let's go, man. We are on the Mount Rush, or at least we were on the Mount Rushmore of tag team. We took a slight oh, detour, oh, but we'll bring it back here, left. man. We'll bring it back. Uh, next up, somebody who will weigh in and get us right back on track. Firefighter Brian. Good morning, sir. Welcome to the show. Let's talk tag team wrestling, brother. Yes. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? 
I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? What's up, brother? I can't complain. How you doing, Tom? I can't complain. Uh, listen, first things first, I know you've gone off the topic a lot today, but first things first, rest in paradise, Darren Drozdov. Mm, and uh, do uh, look, look, let me just ask, do uh, either of you have any uh, moments or memories or stories of meeting him or working with him or even just watching him? Funny you say that. I do. And uh, uh, first of all, yes, rest in peace to, to Draws and, and condolences to all his family and friends. Yeah, actually, Draws, when Draws was in the WWF, I actually had him on one of my ISPW Wildwood Convention Center shows. Real quick story. I believe I told it in the past of the podcast. But I was supposed to have the Battle of the Brood Edge against Gangrel. Now, at the time, I was cool with WWE, so they would let me use their guys for uh, third-party bookings on my shows. But the night before, WWE calls me, and it says they need an edge for a, a magazine cover photo shoot, so they pulled him from my show. Now, I have a big advance. It's 1999, the height of the Attitude Era, edge against Gangrel, in the middle of their feud. Uh, so we had a lot of ticket sales, and they were going to sub them with uh, Prince Albert. I said, listen, this is the place is going to, the place is going to erupt in a negative way if Prince Albert is the substitute for Edge. So it's all right, we'll give you draws. I think draws of the jersey. Uh, so that's how I had draws. But, yeah, uh, I did have him on the show, and it's so sad what happened to him. And, and, and yes, rest in peace, and, again, condolences to all his friends and family. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate how he's remembered, but I think the silver lining is, you know, the dark side of the ring with uh, the brawl for all, Listen, I know the Brawl for All's regard is one of the stupidest things ever created in the history of wrestling, but it's a fascinating story. It really is. And what's really fascinating is that they actually resurrected it with Raw Underground and now NXT Underground, which is just uh, completely flabbergasting, if you ask me. But, um, you know, it's uh, both of them, what him and D'Lo weighed in on it, and I've seen interviews with D'Lo, and he said, listen, we watched that match together. And to this day, we can't figure out what the hell happened. It just happened. And the fact that they were at peace with each other, and, you know, Draz was never the same. And I don't think D'Lo was ever the same either. It's just what I like to remember him for is stealing the show and beyond the mat. He's going to puke. So um, that's what I'd like to remember him for. God bless him wherever he is. And uh, as far as this topic, I'll tell you guys, between all the Mount Rushmore's you can do in wrestling and with what you guys have been doing the last couple weeks, resurrecting some shows before you took calls, I'll tell you, you got material last year for a good two years. So, uh, so anywho, my my Mount Rushmore is, if you look at the history of wrestling, my Mount Rushmore is very similar to the one you put on the marquee, Jay, on Instagram. Uh, you got to put the Road Warriors on there. Their notoriety, mm-hmm. the way they stood the test of time. You can watch Road Warrior matches, and they are still, they're not dated. You can still learn from them. They were so influential both in the ring and as a character with their look, with their mic work. Um, they were, they, you can't do a Mount Rushmore of wrestling without the Road Warriors. I mean, I think any Mount Rushmore without them would not be legit. Um, the other three spots, there's a lot of ways you can go. 
Um, I, I agree with you, Jay. The Freebirds. You gotta have the Freebirds on there. Again, I'm big on influence and how you change the game. And those guys, holy cow, did they change the game with their heel heat? You know, with the Jack Daniels, the feud against Devon Eriks and WCCW, one of the greatest tag in the discussion for greatest tag team feud of all time. Um, there, of course, the Freebird rule, which is still being used today, and of course. Their use of theme music. They weren't the first, they weren't the last, but I really think they made it a necessity. If you want the crowd to give a shit that you're coming to the ring, play a song. Well, come out to music. And uh, so you got to have them. Third spot, um, I'm going to, my last two spots I think are going to be controversial. I kind of agree with you, Jay. I'm putting the Rock and Roll Express on it, but I'm also putting the Midnights. So I think that spot. Mm has to be shared with those two. I don't think you can put one on there without the other. I hear what Babyface said. The Rock and Roll Express uh, lasted longer. But the Midnights, you can make a, a very good case that the Midnight and yes, the Midnights had different versions. But Condry Lane, Condry Eat might be the be one of the best tag, if not the best tag team of all time. They changed the landscape. And that feud between the two Expresses, Maybe the greatest tag team feud of all time that changed tag team wrestling and made it so vital. And the last spot, you guys know me, I look into everything. And I don't see how, and I don't think this is going to make a lot of Mount Rushmore's because they just, they haven't teamed in over 40 years. They've been dead for like 30-something years. And that's the Fabulous Kangaroos. If it weren't for the Fabulous Kangaroos, I don't know if you would have tag team wrestling today. They made tag team wrestling after them. You know, all promotions needed at least one tag team match per card. So they, I would say so that's my, uh, my, my, the Road Warriors, the Freebirds, Rock and Roll and Midnight Express in one spot, and the Fabulous Kangaroos. And as another uh, wedding present to Babyface, as for, for me, the firefighter Brian tag team Mount Rushmore, Demolition, one of my favorite tag teams of all time, the Dudleys, and I mean, I was in the Elks mm -hmm. Lodge where they pissed off a fan so bad he jumped off the balcony and hopped the, the barricade. And I told them about that when I, was, when I saw them a few months ago. They remember that like it was an hour ago. Um, the Dudleys, the Eliminators, a tag team that was horrifically short-lived. And I would say that last spot, I would probably have to say uh, the, uh, well, the World Warriors have always been a favorite tag team of mine. So those are my four and four. What do you guys think? I love that you put so much thought into your original Mount Rushmore, people who really influenced the business, changed the game for tag team wrestling and kind of elevated it. And like you said, game changers. And so I love that you go that aspect. Uh, and then when you acknowledge that, you know, if you had your personal druthers, there might be some other teams that you put on there. As you're listing all those teams, I am just amazed at the level of tag team wrestling that we've been able to, to be viewerships of and to be fans of over the years because you can go so many ways with this conversation. And I can't argue with any of the teams you brought up because they all brought something to the table that was entertaining to watch, but also bettered the aspect of taking wrestling. 
Absolutely, man. I agree with him on that. Yeah, no, he's, he's spot on, Jay. We've been. Absolutely. All right, Jay. Well, well, listen, it was good talking to you guys as always. Thank you for giving me the time. And um, it's uh, going to be a lonely Thursday without you guys next week. But uh, you know what? It'll give us more time to rest up and think of what we're going to say. So, listen, have a good vacation, Jay. Have a Thank good you, week sir. off, guys. And uh, I'll talk to you in a couple weeks, I hope. All right? Sounds baby good, Firefighter Brian. Brian. Always, Thank you so uh, much. Babyface Brian's a great call, but great call. But you know what? I think that Firefighter Brian can take Babyface Brian in the shoot fight. I think they. Oh, I think. Baby. I would say, given today's topic, <laughs> you could team those two up. You could have the the Brians. That'd be a tough tandem. The to Brians, beat. I like that. Yeah. Nice, Brian, man. Have they, a great weekend, the- man. Listen, Tommy, I'll just end with this, okay? I saw that you're going to be having a Jeopardy at your store over the summer. I'm hoping to be there for that. Now, here's the thing. Me too. Listen, Babyface won fair and square. I'm not saying he didn't, but it's important to note the game had to be cut short due to time restraints, which is 100% understandable, okay? But also, make sure those buzzers work, because Marty will attest to this. Babyface was getting them, getting them, getting them. I think there was something with the buzzes, okay? <laughs> and Marty will agree with me on that. I think Marty will agree with me on that. So, uh, all right, listen. <laughs> Guys, great talking to you. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, all right? All right, you have too, Brian. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Listen, have you ever ran a Jeopardy buzzer angle in any of your ISPW feuds? Because it sounds like that gets some heat. Listen, man, you're getting a little personal with me now. I love that. The buzzer didn't work. That's some real heat right there. That's some shoot heat. All right, let's keep this conversation rolling. So many teams, not enough spots for everybody. So we got to carve out this Mount Rushmore of tag team wrestling. Next up, we're going to talk to Joe from Atlanta. Joe, good morning, sir. We'd love for you to weigh in on the Mount Rushmore of tag team wrestling. Well, first of all, my favorite tag team is my kids. I have twin kids. So every morning, guys, I'm waking up to a to a dual battle between uh, some. They can't always agree on everything, these little kids. <laughs> um, That's awesome, man. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Heart Foundation, Demolition, The Rockers, and The Mega Powers on my Mount Rushmore. Let's hit the, let's hit the highlights. Now, uh, you, some people might say you can't put Macho and Hulk up there, but uh, I say you do. The storyline was so powerful. The uh, handshake between those two dudes is sketched in my brain forever. Uh, I think it's too powerful. And, and, and uh, I mean, the breakup of them, too. I think I'm going to even go there. How these tag teams break up is also powerful. And that segues me to the Rockers. The Rockers, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, uh, they, they wore the same outfit. You know, they were a tag team that uh, had a good song, uh, good in the ring, so much energy, and the breakup at the barbershop also iconic. So that puts them right up there on that Mount Rushmore demolition. I'm giving them uh, – I, I, I vote them, man, great outfits. And uh, kind of a that I'm actually thinking right now. What's cool about demolition is, you if somebody just showed you a picture of demolition, you would assume heel. But for the most part, they were they were good guys. So that's kind of a unique thing on them. They also had a, a, a 
I'd vote them of all these tag teams that I'm rambling. They'd get my best song vote and leave you with the Hart Foundation. What a combo. What a combo. Um, I think it was WrestleMania 4 when Vanna White is picks the microphone and she says, do you think those guys wear those pink spandex when they're working out too? <laughs> um, yeah, to have Bret Hart, whoever you would have put Bret Hart with, you know, he deserves a spot up there if he had a tag team, and he did. And to put that anvil up there, which was, you know, what a classic uh, goatee that guy had. I love, uh, still to this day, just throwing on a clip of the anvil laughing. So I think uh, a lot of your callers are all saying the Hart Foundation as one of them. So those are my four. Any questions? <laughs> no, man, I think they're all good. I think uh, not really many people mentioned the Rockers yet. And, again, uh, the Mount Rushmore is subjective to any person in their opinion but i mean there's a ton of people that you have to obviously put into consideration for that spot again it's objective but i mean the rockers you know they were a great tag team man and i everyone remembers when sean turned on marty at the barbershop so it's one of those golden era moments that no one's ever going to forget you know yeah the rockers were great uh and uh i was one of those that thought uh, I don't know why, but I I would have thought, too, Marty Jannetty would have been the one to be the bigger name. I think that's consistent with all your listeners that yeah, um, we all know that Shawn Michaels was the one that went on to be the better career. Um, what in that, Now, now you know what? I always leave you with something funny. I'm going to Google whatever happened to Marty Jannetty. That's what I'm going to do next. Listen, I had the I had the opportunity of meeting and talking to Marty Jetty at Tommy Firo's '80s Wrestling Con just this year. It, it was one of the thrills of my life because I was a huge Rockers fan, and I would argue that they're one of the they're one of the what could have been teams because they never really were given a main event spot. They had that one title exchange with the Hart Foundation that never really happened because of the broken rope. Um, but yeah, if they could have stuck together as a team longer and gotten a real push, I think they would be definitely in the conversation about top tag teams of all time. Rock on, guys. Have a great weekend. All right, you too, Joe. Thank you, you too, so man. much. Thank you so much. Yeah, I got to talk to Marty at 80s Wrestling Con, my man, and I uh, I didn't tell him he was my favorite of the two rockers, but I think he I think he saw it in my eyes. I think he I think it was left unsaid, but he was how, picking how, up what how, I was how did, how did how did you look How did you look at him that he saw it in your eye? That's what I want to know. I think he just I think he just could pick up that uh, I was a party with Marty type of guy, and that I was that I was digging what he was you know doing in the ring. I think some of, some of those things are just better left unsaid. Absolutely, man. All right. But what's better not left unsaid is tag team wrestling. Who's on your Mount Rushmore? We have one caller that's been hanging on, waiting to get in, leaning over the top rope, extending that hand, waiting for us to give him the hot tag. And it's a brand new caller to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Either that or my bookkeeping is uh, sufficiently lacking. But it's area code 347. We're coming to you with the hot tag Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thanks for calling. What's your name and where are you calling from? Oh, hi. This is Evan Ginsberg from New York. How are you guys doing? Evan, good morning, sir. Hey, Evan. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, hey, real, I just real, wanted real, real to... Real quick, real quick. Evan, real quick. Let me just let everyone know. Evan Ginsberg has been around forever. Anyone who doesn't know Evan, Google him. He is a, uh, 
a, a huge part of the wrestling business was a huge part of the wrestler movie with Mickey Rourke. So I, I appreciate you calling in, man. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, this is one of my favorite topics. And when I saw your, uh, your plug on uh, Facebook, I just had to chime in. Uh, I used to go see the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express in Philly for the NWA in the 80s, and it was wrestling elevated to art. Those two teams have to be on the Mount Rushmore, Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express. And mm-hmm. as you said, I go back kind of forever, and I'd like to put the Valiant Brothers on that Mount Rushmore because in the mid to, mid to right. late 70s, they were the number one tag team in the world, Every territory, Japan, etc. The Valiant Brothers, innovators. It was performance art meets improv meets wrestling. The greatest promos of all time with Captain Lou Albano, the Valiant Brothers, and also going to all the NWA shows in Philly in the 80s. You have to put the Road Warriors on there. Um, some people just kind of nonchalantly go, number one tag team of all time, the Road Warriors. I don't necessarily agree with that because their WWE run was not as good as their NWA run, but the Road Warriors, Valiant Brothers, Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, that would be my Mount Rushmore. Right behind, right behind them, Samoans, Freebirds, Mm -hmm. very underrated, the Fantastics. Nobody ever mentions them. That was a great, great team. And Piper and Orton used to blow the roof off the garden time and time again, headlining the garden. I never hear them mentioned. Piper and Orton, great, great tag team. Not only that, but they were the main event and a huge part of WrestleMania 1 as well. Evan, what are you, what are you currently working on right now uh, in the business? Huh. Um, I have a book coming out, um, hopefully later this year. It's a hundred short stories about making the movie The Wrestler. I was the associate producer as well as my misadventures in wrestling. Um, I've also been an educator. Just a hundred short stories also chronicling a lot of the lost friends that I've had in the business, uh, Nikolai and Johnny Valiant, uh, Lanny Poffo, et cetera, so on, dear friends. So, uh, I'm finishing up on that, and I'm also doing a uh, book on John Tolis, another under underrated wow. great in the business. Uh, for us, those who don't know him, how, how did that come about, doing John Tolis's book? Just a labor of love. You know, uh, I grew up on Tolis in New York. We used to get the L.A. TV tapings, and Blassie and Tolis were the top, top guys um, at the Olympic, which we would see on Wednesday nights in New York, and Tolis was one of the great talkers, and in 1974, when I first started going to wrestling, Bruno versus Tolis, headlining the garden, and uh, people, you know, history hasn't been kind to him. There's certain guys, Victor Rivera, John Tolis, uh, Waldo Von Erich, they came way before the Hulkamania era, and people, you know, there's not a lot of footage of these guys, and people just you know, don't know how huge some of these stars were. And I just love Tolis, and I think he, you know, he needs to get his due. You know, it's it's kind of like a forgotten figure. And he was a huge, huge star all around the world. And in those days, they didn't make big money 
So at bare minimum, you want history to be kind, and uh, we're going to do a book on John Tolis also, and uh, we're well awesome. into working on that. So, you know, various projects. I have a, a film wrestling then and now that's, um, you know, accessible, Plex, Tubi, absolutely free. And we also did 350 Days. I was the associate producer, Bret Hart, Billy Graham, Three Dozen Legends. So, you know, people could check those out too. Awesome. And Evan, when, when, you're, when your book's almost uh, ready to be published, please let me know. We'll have you on uh, the podcast, and we'll, we'll do a big thing on it for you. Oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. And, and let me just say one last thing, if you don't mind. Please sure. honor, honor the legends like you guys are doing. God, every day on Facebook I see people tearing down legends. This guy's overrated, you know, and, and, and the fans, like, you know, rip them to shreds. These guys were on the road 300-plus days a year sacrificing their bodies for us. You know, honor them. Don't tear them down. You know, I see way too much of that online. So much respect to Absolutely. you guys for, you know, everything you do. Thank you so much, Evan. Yeah, that's why I keep trying to keep the memory of 80s wrestling alive through our social media and through 80s wrestling con. Thank you again for calling. I look forward to having you back on in the near future. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Okay. Okay. Thanks again. Have a great day, man. That's a pretty cool call to get, Tommy. The, the, yeah, you never, you never know who's going to call in. You never know who's going to call in the 80s wrestling the podcast. You know, The Wrestler was a fantastic movie. 350 Days was a fantastic documentary. I've seen them both, loved them both. And it's very cool that uh, to know a guy like Evan is, is listening to our show and calling in and weighing in. You could just hear the passion in his voice about professional wrestling and as he called them the legends, you know, of yesterday and how important it is to remember these guys. Because, yeah, they, they get everything. They give up their, their bodies, they time away from their families. It's not an easy life being a wrestler in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and 90s. And, you know, today it's probably a little easier on them with travel being what it is. But, yeah, man, these guys gave so much to the industry that we all love. And so, yeah, it's important to keep their memory alive and have conversations like the one we're having today. Yes, sir. And and, and talking about keeping memories alive, we're going to make a new memory tomorrow night in West Milford, New Jersey, at St. Joseph's Church Parish Hall. Again, West Milford, New Jersey. 7.30 p.m. start. It is going to be the ISPW heavyweight title tournament. We are going to crown a brand new ISPW heavyweight champion tomorrow night, Jumpin' Jay. And I'm going to give you the uh, participants now, and I want you to predict your winner. Uh, It's going to be Crowbar, Bull James, the former ISPW heavyweight champion, Richard Holliday, Leo Sparrow, Vinny Pacifico, former ISW heavyweight champion Justin Carino, the 2023 Super 8 champion Joey Ace, and TJ Epics, a one-night, eight-person tournament to crown a brand-new ISPW heavyweight champion. The list of ISW heavyweight champions in the past include five-time champion and friend of the show, my dear and best friend Ace Darling. Chris Candido is a former ISPW heavyweight champion, Danny Inferno, Judas Young, Head Shrinker, Sam Moo. Of course, one of my personal favorites and yours as well, the superstar Danny Morrison, and many more. And uh, tomorrow, a new champion will be crowned. And I'd like to know who your prediction is, Jumpin' Jay, to be the next ISP heavyweight champion. 
Well, when we first talked about this tournament on last week's show, and you ran down the bracket, I had my pick then, and I will say a week later it has remained the same. I think the guy who will be wearing the ISPW heavyweight title after this tournament is none other than the forever young, the man who keeps redefining what it means to be a professional wrestler. Crowbar will be your next ISPW champion, if I'm correct. Well, I'll tell you what, we, we, we did a poll on our ISPW Facebook page, and, and Crowbar won by a landslide. I think he got close to 50% of the vote. So it's going to be a really interesting – and his first-round match against Richard Holiday, who – I mean, that's a main event in the independent show right there, Richard Holiday against Crowbar. So that's going to be a first-round match. Uh, there's other matches besides the tournament jump and Jay, and they're all title matches. All the titles will be on the line. You're going to see the Phoenix GKM – put the ISW Tri-State Championship on the line against the international shining star, the red-hot Ray Kalitri. You're going to see for the ISPW Tag Team titles, it is going to be the now taking on the new backseat boys. And for the ISPW women's title, Vicious Vicky defends against Christina Marie. All this plus the tournament tomorrow night, doors open 6.30 p.m., Bell time is 7.30 at St. Joseph's Church Parish Hall in West Milford, New Jersey. For tickets, you can head over to ispwwrestling.com. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to jump for tomorrow. I love uh, making moments and making history, and we're guaranteed to make history tomorrow night in West Milford, New Jersey. So I'm very excited about it. I'm excited for you. It's going to be one heck of a show, and there's going to be big news because anytime you crown a new champion, especially in a tournament style, there's just something exciting. There's a buzz around a championship tournament, and I'm looking at the bracket right now, and there is no easy route to that championship. I don't care where you are in this bracket. There is no easy route, and so it's going to be a night of, of fantastic professional wrestling. I wish I could be there to take it live, but I will definitely be interested in finding out the results from you, Tommy. Wrap up the show. Yeah, man. I'll, I haven't I'll necessarily. Them to you. I haven't necessarily heard your four spots in your Mount Rushmore of tag team, and I'm going to be honest with you. You're kind of in a tough spot because a lot of these teams you've done personal work with, and so you might, you know, feel some personal. Uh, pull one way or another because i know you're you're tight with demolition you're obviously tight with the samoans there's other teams that you've worked with and so are you are you able to be impartial enough tommy to give me four teams on your mount rushmore listen i'm I'm not i'm not i'm not ducking this question but we have a special caller on hold right now that i need you to pick up jumping jay just been informed that the former ispw heavyweight champion bull james is on the line right now to talk about tomorrow's ISPW heavyweight tournament. That, that's perfect. Bull James, you're my pick to win the to win the tournament, my man. Bull James, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing terrible. I've been fighting off a flu for the last week. But like Jordan in 97, game five, I'm going to show up tomorrow and win three matches. And Jumpin' Jay, you're full of it because I just heard you say Crowbar was your pick. I <laughs> think he was that's, that's before you called in. Now that you called in, no, I was on the line listening. I was on the line listening. You're all dead to me. You said there's no easy route to the finals, but guess what? There is. Mine. 
Listen, Bull wow. James, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be very honest with you, Bull. When when I was live at the the show following '80s Wrestling Con, we had a tremendous, tremendous match, and I told Tommy, Bull James might be the biggest, quickest man I've ever seen in real life. I was sitting front row, and I could not believe how big you are and how agile you are in person. And so I have no doubt that uh, the people you're up against in this tournament, they're in for a very tough night. Yeah, of course. I'm in the tournament. Duh. And, Tommy, hey, stop, stop letting little kids and, and these idiots walk into your store and touch that belt, all right? I already saw a little dent on it. So why don't you wipe it down, all right, put some disinfectant on it, because I'm not touching that thing. I'm not putting it back over my shoulder until you clean it. So spend the extra couple bucks, get it cleaned, do the right thing, have that paint filled in on that chip. I don't know what happened to it. Anytime I had it, never had a chip on it, it was well taken care of. Put it in some bubble wrap, take it over to the venue, and get ready to put it back on me. That's all I got to say. Absolutely, man. And, and you know, I, I, I will promise you, Bull, that I will definitely bubble wrap that title because I have a lot of respect for that title of all the people, like I mentioned earlier, that held that title from Chris Candido to Head Shrinker, Sam Moo to Ace Darling to all the other. Yeah, you left somebody off that list, by the way, pal. Who was that? Me. Oh, come on now. You know, you know. I'm laying here here, sick on my deathbed. Still going to drag myself out tomorrow to wrestle three times. Win a championship because that's what I do, and you can't even put me on your list. Listen, man, I, I, will, I will buy you a McFlurry and make it up to you. I'm very sorry about that, but yes, I don't Bull want is definitely one of the odds on. <laughs> Bull's one of the odds on favorites to win the uh, okay? tournament tomorrow. Yes, okay. Uh, yeah. Bull, thank you so much for calling in, and I hope you feel better. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow, and uh, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully you make it to the finals and, uh, and you, you bring some respect back to the ISW heavyweight title. There's, there, there's, no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. I'm wrestling three times tomorrow. All right? Since, since, I don't doubt since it. having Maven as my manager, I told everybody at ISPW that I would never tell them a lie. And I have not. I told them at the last event, I said, Maven and I have seen every golden boy come and go. And guess what? It came to fruition. Okay? I'm telling you right now, no ifs, ands, or buts. I'm wrestling three times tomorrow night. That's it. I believe it, man. And I know that Jump and Jay believes you as well. Please rest up today. Get some rest, man. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow in West Milford, New Jersey. I'll see you there. All right, man. Thanks again for calling in. That's a a very serious... Very serious Bull James on the line. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely not playing around, man. And in, 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 in real life, I can't believe he's one of the I can't believe you left him off your list, man. He was on hold listening. How could you leave him off your <laughs> list? He heard everything you said. He heard in everything you said. He was on hold the whole time, and you leave him off the list. You're better than that. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's one of my best friends in real life, and I didn't even put him on the list. But he knows how much I respect him and how amazing of a, a talent I think he is. And, and you attest to that, uh, Jay, by what you just said. And, and I remember yeah. you telling me, like, I, I can't believe this guy is not 
working for WWE right now. And, and anyone out there that has seen him wrestle. And he's fast. And I'm happy he knows, he heard it firsthand that he's my pick. I'm just happy he heard that. I don't want to be on his hit list. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, let me, before we end the episode, let me, let me uh, try and give you my Mount Rushmore. Again, it's, it's subjective. A lot of people uh, could be on this. But this is personal, my personal Mount Rushmore from the people I like. So the British Bulldogs are my favorite tag team growing up. So they would be on my Mount Rushmore because I connect with them from my childhood, and, and, and that's what it's all about, right? So the Road Warriors obviously have to be on there. Uh, they are probably the greatest tag team in the history of wrestling. Uh, Demolition, another big, 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 they're probably my favorite team because the Bulldogs weren't around together for very long because I didn't start watching wrestling to 85. So they had a couple-year run, and then, but Demolition captivated me uh, both as a uh, kid and as a promoter and adult as well. And I've worked with these guys countless times. So for my personal Mount Rushmore, they would be honest. Demolition, the Road Warriors, the British Bulldogs, they were my favorites as a kid. And I'd have to pick the Wild Samoans. I'm not saying that to kiss uh, anyone's ass, but the Wild Samoans played a huge, the Samoan family played a huge part in my personal uh, journey early on in my uh, wrestling career when I was younger. Uh, so uh, they helped me countless times and, and uh, taught me countless things. So uh, personally for me, they would be in my Mount Rushmore because of the uh, personal connection I had with them. But, again, it's objective. There's a, a million teams out there we didn't even mention. Like uh, uh, someone mentioned earlier, the Fantastics. No one mentioned them. No one mentioned the Bushwhackers, the Sheep Herders. Uh, yeah, they might not be in the top four, but, man, they're so popular. They, they drew a lot of money as far as merchandise goes for the company. Well, there's a lot of teams uh, you, you can uh, mention that hasn't been, uh, like you. I, I didn't hear you say the Bolshevik yet, so who's your top four? And I know they have to be in there. Well, you know, like when we were talking about Marty Jannetty, there's some things that just don't have to be said. And I think the Bolsheviks is on everybody's Mount Rushmore, and so they kind of just leave it, leave it off the list because it's almost unfair to put them uh, on the list. Um, and I'm looking through right now the history of our show because I swear, Tommy, at some point, I'm going to find it. We did a whole show dedicated to the Samoan dynasty and what that family and what that bloodline has meant uh, to the business. And so I'm, I'm looking through our, our archives right now. And if I don't find it, that just means that I just didn't look hard enough because I swear we've done that. Um, because, yeah, you're right. The, the teams like the Wild Samoans, uh, the Head Shrinkers, like those teams did so much for the business. And when you talk about accomplishments in the ring, you can't leave the, the Wild Samoans off the list. Like I said, I believe they have over 20 championships from all their independent leagues to their, you know, the territories, because these guys were still wrestling in the territory age. And so they've done so much for the business. If I had to pick four teams that I would stick on Mount Rushmore, I think the Road Warriors are that team that everybody just kind of acknowledges. They, done, they did so much, and they really changed the game in pro wrestling. They were two power guys. You know, a lot of the teams had one power guy and one kind of finesse wrestler, or maybe two finesse wrestlers if they were a babyface team to kind of get the sympathy of the crowd when they're getting beat up. But the Road Warriors showed up on the scene, and they were both two butt kickers. Uh, and so for me, the Road Warriors are on that list. Also, for me, demolition is on that list. And I know sometimes in some areas of conversation, demolition gets, you know, tagged with being a knockoff of the road wars. And even if that's the case, even if in concept 
Vince McMahon saw the Road Warriors and said, we can't get them, so we're going to make our own. Even if that's the genesis of the team, you can't argue with what Axe and Smash did for take team wrestling. You can't argue for their reigns as championship. I think three world championships, longest reign in history, you know, up until modern day. But uh, so I think you can't argue with their, with their accolades. And I think we always have the conversation that if it wasn't for politics, they would be first ballot hall of famers and they deserve to be in the WB hall of fame. And I think it will happen someday, but I would say my, my first four guys, our, our Legion of Doom, you know, Hawk and Animal, and then Axe and Smasher up there. And then as you're talking to fill in the other two tag teams, this is where it gets interesting because there's so many routes you can go. I think the Midnight Express is hard to leave off. I think the Rock and Roll Express is hard to leave off. You can't leave off the Wild Samoans. I'm going to put them on. That's my third team. I got, I got Road Warriors, Demolition, the Wild Samoans, and for my fourth team, if I'm choosing just out of my own personal, I love the Heart Foundation. You can't argue with what the Dudley Boys brought. Harlem Heat did their thing back in the day. That fourth spot is tough to fill. Man, I think I'll go Rock and Roll Express. So I think that's my four teams if I had to decide right now, Tommy. Nice, man. Again, it's subjective. So, I mean, any any combination would be right because it's your own personal opinion. But, yeah, man, what a, what a fun topic uh, today. And once again, remember, we will not uh, be doing an episode next week here. Jumping Jay's going to be on vacation. He definitely deserves it. Very, very hard-working man. Hope you and the kids and, uh, and uh, your wife have a great time. I hope everyone out there this week and uh, has a great rest of your 4th of July week and weekend. And anyone that lives in the New Jersey area, uh, definitely come out tomorrow night, again, Friday, July 7th, 7.30 p.m., St. Joseph's Church Powers Hall in West Milford, New Jersey for the ISPW Heavyweight Title Tournament. And we will catch you back here in two weeks on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.